Hello, Peter Bergman here with another Radio Free Oz podcast, this for November 3rd, 2011. Well, they're claiming that Herminator, who we think now is the Sperminator, may be getting the Clarence Thomas runaround, and that these women whose names have not yet been released are the latter-day Anita Hills. Let me tell you, right off the bat, I watched the Anita Hill Clarence Thomas hearings He was absolutely guilty. What a pig. He's turned out to be probably the worst Supreme Court justice in the history of the Supreme Court, if not he vies for last. And Anita Hill, of course, was telling the truth. And if they let these women out of their confidentiality agreements with the National Restaurateurs Association, I think we can judge for ourselves. Well, Rand Paul. Now, I do believe Rand Paul is the love child between Ron Paul and Ayn Rand. I'm not sure, but maybe not because I spent some time with her and she's a lot brighter than Rand. Well, he has an interesting take on Herman Cain's growing scandal. Honestly, he says, these days it seems like women can't take a joke. Well, you're a joke, Rand, and I hope that the women of Kentucky 100% can't take you the next time you run. Quote, there are people now who hesitate to tell a joke to a woman in the workplace, any kind of joke, because it would be interpreted incorrectly, he told the National Review. Well, it's a great magazine to talk to about right-wing sensitivity. I don't, he says. I'm very cautious. Paul, whose own campaign was marked by allegations he mistreated a woman years ago. Yeah, kidnapped her and took her blindfolded down to the river and made her bow down to the aqua buddha this man is is bonkers he says the media shouldn't be reporting stories like the one that's put kane in all the hot water he's in this week hey kane's 999 swinging around his great 999 is what got him in this hot water there are three women now claiming sexual harassment it's coming apart Says Rand, in my election, I had an anonymous girl from college, who I still don't know, make accusations against me, he told National Review. I don't think you should print stuff like that to libel someone's character and not put your name on it. I think it's inappropriate and shouldn't be printed. Well, it's not that these women haven't put their name on it, Rand. It's just that they're being withheld by a confidentiality agreement. They're more than willing, at least two of them. Oh are willing to come forward and have their say. And let's hear from Laura Ingram. Now, I have to be clear here, just the way that sometimes newspapers say we are owned by the very people we're talking about. I have a particular Jones for Laura Ingram because myself and most of the uh, news staff at KFWB were fired to make way for Laura Ingram, who lasted only long enough until she totally dissed an African-American woman, scandalized herself, and had to leave the air. Well, right-wing talk show host Laura Ingram, a former Thomas Law clerk, really, was also ready to blame the women. Here she goes. We have seen this movie before, and we know how it ends. It always ends up being an employee who can't perform, who underperforms, and is looking for a little green, she said on the show. Oh, really? All sexual harassment cases end up basically exposing the woman as being nothing but a gold digger, liar and gold digger. Let's go back to Laura. She's so much fun to quote. How much money did it take for you to swallow your principles? She continued. She's talking now to the woman who are accusing Big Herminator. Oh, I was so offended. So in other words, you lose the fact 
that you're offended if you're paid money? Does anyone understand that? If something was truly horrible, then why wouldn't you stand up? I want to be known by name. I want my name to be out there. It's only a matter of time, Laura. If you really think that these women that are accusing Herman Cain of, let's see, improper language, improper bodily movements, two of them say that he invited them up to his hotel room or his corporate headquarters or his corporate suite, who knows, into his pizza parlor. Uh, if you think that these women are just doing it for the gold, that they're all a bunch of liars, then Laura Ingram, everything you know is wrong. Hi, this is Chip Cheney world-class water porter for Hacker Smack. My Uncle Dick taught me what to do when I was at the wrong end of a terror wave. Punk em and dunk em, he said. Right on. Putting the surfs down is hard work and scary. Me? I drown my fears with a tall, shiny can of Hacker Smack. It's my favorite punch when I'm in a crunch. So don't let the horrors of everyday life put you under. Come up for air with a six-pack of smack. That's right, Chip. Hacker Smack will keep you up as long as you can keep it down. Hacker Smack is an adrenal-blasting blend of caffeine, alcohol, mahuang, and country-style methamphetamine. Hacker Smack, a deniable byproduct of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. You know that two days after this sex harassment scandal has broken, and it's a real scandal, it's not a passing thing, Herman Cain continues to lead Mitt Empty Suit Romney by double digits nationally. And he's doing just marvelously in South Carolina. They don't seem to care. Now, Rick Perry's in, in, in big trouble. If this scandal doesn't take the air out of the Hermanators campaign, then Rick is doomed. Well, I'll tell you this, The Economist, a fine English magazine, isn't impressed with Rick Perry's new Iowa ad in which he discounts his failings as a communicator by saying, I'm a doer, not a talker. Now, says the uh, economist, not to be overly pedantic, but talking is a kind of doing. Indeed, talking is primarily how one gets things done in politics. How does Mr. Perry convey that he's a doer and not a talker? By talking. What else is there? Interpretive dance, which immediately brought to my mind those wonderful cartoons by Jules Pfeiffer, in which this avant-garde interpretive dance lady goes through seven or eight panels explaining to you the dying thrush, my relationship with my husband. Any of her emotions can be danced out. Well, maybe, maybe Rick Perry could dance out the flat tax. Maybe he could uh, dance out the drill baby drill. I think it's a a real good way for him to attract the more sensitive side of the electorate. Howdy, dear friends. I'm Governor Rick Perry, and welcome to Kneel Down America, my historic gathering of real ultra-faithful citizens. When you're down on your knees like that, I'm twice as tall as you, and that lets me look over you into the future. And what do I see? I see our ship of state unmoored from its rock-bound Christian principles floating aimlessly on a sea of trouble. And the captain is not at the wheel. He's out chugging unleaded lattes and selling socialism to the cross-dressing sodomite elite. We have sitting behind me on this pagan free stage 
the answer to America's prayers. Let me introduce the modern day apostles. There's my friend, the Reverend Doug Stringer, who revealed that 9-11 was God's punishment for allowing homosexuals to move freely among us. Thank you, Doug. And next to him is Pastor Jim Gallo, who warned the nation that gay marriage is our next 9-11 because it robs a family of a mommy or a daddy. You're a prophet, Jim. On Jim's right is Minister Cindy Jacobs, who recently revealed that the birds that fell out of the sky in BB, Arizona, were a result of the repealing of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Cindy asks, is it a coincidence or a sign from God that the governor of Arkansas is named BB? And it was their former governor, the Sator Bill Clinton, who invented DADT. Someone is speaking in Cindy's ear. Next to her is my dear friend Brian Fisher, director of the American Family Association who's footing the bill for this dispensational event. It's Brian who stands between us Christians and the beasts of the depths. When that whale killed its trainer at SeaWorld, Fisher called for the Leviathan to be ritually stoned to death because, as it says in the book of Exodus, when an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten. Yes, we can kill that whale, but we just can't can it. Right, Brian? And last but certainly not least is Mike Bickle from the International House of Prayer. Mike, bless his heart, has outed another of Satan's secret helpers. Who? Oprah is who? Oh, says Mike, she's a classy woman, a cool woman, but she has a spirit of deception and is one of the forerunners of the harlot movement. Oprah Winfrey, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, and Elizabeth Warren, the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. So, if the devil and the Democrats want to wage a class war, then I'm ready to go to the head of the class and be your captain. And I implore you, dear friends, don't vote for me because I'm a Christian. Vote for me because you're a Christian. And we'll wrap up today on a green note, an ironic green note, but a green note nonetheless. The algae biofuel industry is still in its infancy, but the U.S. Navy is already planning ahead for a robust future. Earlier this year, the Navy successfully tested a 50-50 algae aviation biofuel blend on a Seahawk helicopter in flight, and now an algae biodiesel blend has passed muster during tests on a 130-foot-long landing vessel. They trusted the lives of their men in a helicopter with a half-algae mix of fuel? They must have been knowing what they're doing. Sounds good to me. The ship, we're talking about the 135-foot landing vessel, a conventional landing craft utility, 600 class, whatever that means, went through its paces earlier this month using a marine fuel blend composed of one-half algae biodiesel and one-half NATO standard multipurpose naval fuel called F-76. High-octane gasoline. The LCU is commonly used to transport troops and supplies.
supplies over relatively short distances from a ship or seagoing base to shore. Though a relatively small vessel, 135 feet long, the LCU can reach speeds up to 12 knots while carrying up to 400 combat-equipped Marines. I just don't know how fast 12 knots is. The equivalent cargo it supplies is about 180 tons. As with the Seahawk helicopter algae biofuel demonstration, the LCU tests show that an algae biofuel blend can be used as a drop-in replacement for conventional fuel without the need for any modifications in the engine, fuel tanks, or exhaust system. The LCU is among at least three new vessels undergoing biofuel tests this fall. In fact, they're putting together a green strike force. My oh my, where does the irony stop? A green task force. Here comes the Navy and they're being powered on algae. It's science fiction, dear friends. It's pure science fiction. And it proves once again to me and to you that everything you know is wrong. <laughs>